Today's Hope FM Drive Show is brought to you by Spring Harvest, bringing the whole church together to worship, learn and share. For the latest news and events, visit springharvest.org. And I'm very pleased to welcome to the show here on Hope FM, Deborah Green, OBE, very important uh, letters, those, which I think, you know, some people get OBEs for all sorts of different things. Uh, an OBE does mean you've done something of some significance and made some changes. It's a recognition, obviously, by uh, our, our government and, and the Queen that, that something they achieved made a difference. And it's wonderful when people serving within the Christian realm uh, do things that are recognised beyond just um, Christianity. So could you tell us a little bit about who you are? Because not all of our listeners will know who you are. Uh, and the things that God has called you to be involved in and, and how those occurred. Yes, so I'm really pleased to be on Hope FM. Um, I am Deborah Green. I am married to Frank, four children, grown-up children, seven grandchildren. I'm very proud of. I am um, have led a very large church in Manchester alongside my husband for many years. Um, around that time started um, a prayer network, a prayer ministry to bring all the churches in Greater Manchester together to pray for the transformation of the city, praying in an outwardly focused way. Um, and then uh, the, the, that was the precursor to me starting no, no, a no. charity. I'm going to stop you because that sounds interesting. In fact, all of it sounds interesting, but, but you started a, a, getting the churches in Greater Manchester to pray together. Now, Grace Manchester is a big place. There's probably quite a number of churches, I should imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you're talking about getting churches to pray together, there's going to be lots of barriers because churches sometimes stay sort of within their own little groups. The churches that are next door to each other, churches that are the same denomination, churches that find it easy to get on, all those sorts of things, which not necessarily deliberately, but they become barriers between mm. churches. So you said you set up a network of churches in Greater Manchester. Uh, was it just within your sphere of churches that you sort of relate to, or was it bigger than that? Well, we didn't really... The, the good thing is when you get a vision from the Lord, you don't really know how big it's going to go, because if you did know, you probably w- would be a bit more cautious. That's, that's true, that's <laughs> that true. Is yeah. true. So it's a sort of, it, it did become really big, but it started with 11 churches. Okay. Just start where you are. You know, do take the first step, I always say. And the Lord had said, bring the churches together. And we didn't really know who would come. Um, I mean, we're three, three and a half million people in Greater Manchester. It's a big city. We've got 10 boroughs. Um, They don't all necessarily want to relate to one another. Um, The churches are different denominations and styles and streams, different theologies about prayer and worship and all the rest of it. And, um, yeah, we had started with 11, and we just kept going. And the theme this week at Spring Harvest, as people might know, is Nehemiah. And Nehemiah receives a vision from the Lord, prays, and then he just goes out and starts to respond, almost to become the answer to his own prayer. So we did that, and we just started to find um, different churches began to join. And the key factor to it was actually praying in the outwardly focused way. Okay. Because when we try to do unity and keep having coffees together and telling each other we love each other and stuff, it kind of it can kind of fizzle out because we're not really united around an activity. Yeah. So what we did for our first ever theme was education 
Let's pray for our schools. Let's pray for our teachers. Let's pray about issues that are happening in school, like bullying and like, um, you know, anxiety and the, that the kids have got or the pressures that, that uh, teachers face. Let's interview some parent governors, find out what it's like for them. And we, we're doing informed intercession there because we're finding out information. And the people who were Christians in the city, who were in the education sphere, came. Yeah. Obviously, because it, it was their sort of topic of interest. Um, and then we moved on to business, we moved on to media, we moved on to healthcare, we moved on to praying for the police, and that's what started Rock, really. But the point was, as we were praying around and active as we were praying and focusing on a sphere of influence within the city that's how the prayer thing grew and that's how the unity thing grew oh, i see that makes that makes a lot of sense because people joined because that was something they were focusing on. did, did yes. people then also stay once they started coming did they just carry yes. on to the next to the next season as it were yeah i think that's the hook because people don't always get unity why do we need to work together as churches why can't we just stay in our little silo and get on with our little thing because actually no one church is going to win a city yeah that's very true. But a lot of people don't think of the big picture. They think of their l- little bit, yeah, neck yeah. of the woods, which is really important. But the big picture is sort of saying, you know, how much more can God do if the churches start to work together there? God commands a blessing, it yeah. says. So they de- they may join in because it's their area of interest, but then they begin to see, actually, there's other people here who are, um, operating in other spheres of influence and together we make up the body of Christ and we begin to see the bigger picture. So I, I had a friend who uh, he went to, he was invited to go to speak. He was, he was a speaker, he spoke internationally uh, to speak at church and he, he went along to this church without realising it was a Catholic church. And when he arrived at the church, he was like, oh, it's a Catholic church. Well, I don't, I don't believe everything these people pray. I don't, I don't know what I can do here. Uh, and, and he prayed and he felt God say, I don't believe everything that you believe, but I happily work with you, and uh, and and so he 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 went in and he he ministered with his normal things, which I love that wouldn't be things necessarily that the Catholic Church would always be used to, but actually they they received him and they had a fantastic time, and, yes. and God changed this man's I heart a bit it. because God does does call us to unity and does call us yes. to, to to be able to bless each other. But what you did there with, with calling church together to pray and be outward focused gave people something, an opportunity to, to get alongside each other on something very, very much that everyone would be like, we want to see our city transformed. And that's yes. what they're called. So that's, fun, that's fantastic. And you, you, how many churches in the end did you have gathering? 219 churches of different denominations and streams. And it got to the point where we didn't have a church big enough. We'd started with the 11 churches, yeah. gone to 219. It took seven years, uh, so there's that whole thing about perseverance, but we got to the point where we didn't have any churches big enough to hold our prayer meetings. Wow. We're, we're hiring secular venues like the Apollo Theatre, like the Lowry, like the Velodrome, to have our prayer meetings. That and that's when I got started to get very excited because you go in, you know, you're doing the whole Joshua thing, I will give you every place where you set your feet, and you're going into some places... And I, and I remember we had a big, massive prayer meeting once at the Velodrome, which is the cycling dome opposite the city of Manchester football st- 
Stadium, which it was being built at the time for the Commonwealth Games. And after this prayer meeting where I'd prayed for the chief executive of the Commonwealth Games, who wasn't a Christian as far as I'm aware, but we invited her to come. We said, look, we want to pray for your Commonwealth Games. We want to pray we get nice weather. We want to pray that people feel welcomed in our city. It's a nice, friendly city, hospitality and the rest. And after that prayer meeting, her office rang me the next day and said... Deborah, can you get 500 Christians to sing at the opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Games with Russell Watson? So I'm like, yes, we can. Put the phone down. How am I going to do it? But because we had a network, we could get the message out quickly. And within a couple of days, we had over a thousand people auditioning to be in this choir with Russell Watson. So that when that stadium was dedicated for the Commonwealth Games, we had 500 Christians singing in there. Wow. Can you imagine? But that opportunity came because of this network, because of this unity, because of this prayer, doors started to open beyond what we, you know, which we could believe. Um, And there's just hundreds of stories, but it's incredible. I mean, somebody left the Bible behind that day at the velodrome and the general manager of the velodrome, Joel Walsh, rang me the next day, said, Deborah, when you come to pick up your stuff... Uh, and I want to talk to you, and I thought, oh, what have I done? I'm in trouble. And he said, that event we had last night with you was the best event I've ever had in our cycling dome. And he said, but somebody's left a Bible behind, and he said, I've just been reading it um, the last couple of hours, and I want to ask you some questions about it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, did I expect for God to do that? I'd persuaded this guy to let us have the velodrome for a prayer meeting, which was well out of his comfort zone. Never had a prayer meeting in the velodrome before. And it was just incredible. Doors opening, spirit of God moving, unity. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I I love the way that God opens doors. Now, you started to talk, and I interrupted you, because rewind our conversation some way, and you said that you prayed for the police. And out of that came... And I stopped you. So what what, what was it that happened after you prayed for the police? After we prayed for the police... um, I kind of had a real burden around reducing crime. And I don't really know where it comes from because I'm not married to a police officer, no police in my family. Um, But I thought, you know what? We're praying for revival here as church. We're praying for God to break into our city. But we're called Gunchester. That's our nickname. I, I can't be a Christian and have that. I've got to turn this around. So we started redeeming our communities from that whole experience of praying for the police. So redeem our communities is the name of the charity that, that yes, you Yes, the name of charity. I started it in 2004 off the back of these seven years of prayer. And then it beca- quickly became known as Rock, R-O-C. And that's what we are now, 18 years later. We're Rock. We do Rock cafes, Rock mentoring, Rock gardens, all sorts of different Rock conversations, different ministries. But it it came from that essence of unity between the churches yes but how can we find our allies people of peace within the spheres of crime you know the people that work in crime reduction the people that work in education and all these different things as I was saying before so that's how rock was founded so where i'm placed down in down in bournemouth yes. uh, if i think back over the last a few years, there's been numbers of murders at, uh, yes. with young teens with knives and things like yeah. that. So, yeah. um, but I, I think uh, I would guess that that, that Manchester has a, a more of a reputation, more of a history of, of violent crime. How on earth do you, 
with all these different things that you're setting up, actually see the difference on the ground? Because to, to have a cafe or to have these different things, I, I can't instantly understand how does that impact? What, what's, what's the connection? How do yeah. people involved in the crime get redeemed from that? Well, some interesting facts around this. So one senior, well, it was actually the chief constable of Merseyside Police who I was interviewing at one of our rock conversations, which is our community engagement event, said this to me, said, Deborah, well-connected communities see less crime. Oh, okay. And I'm like, wow. So there was a place called there's a place called Speak in within Merseyside, and their community has got well connected. People are working together. People are collaborating. They're seeing less crime, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, this is what we've been yeah. trying to do. We've been trying to do the whole unity piece. People say things like, "There's loads of great things going on, but we didn't know about it, so then they're not able to access services. So that's putting strain." on community and then someone said to me by being a good neighbor and we as christians believe in that stuff you know love your neighbor by being a good neighbor you are reducing crime because these gangs that move into areas and um start criminal activity what the police call cuckooing where they take it up residents in a vulnerable person's home and start dealing drugs how can that happen if we've got a well-connected street yeah if you're looking after your neighbor if you know what's going on on your street if you're prayer walking if you actually know these people street passes whatever we do as christians um it's reducing crime so actually a lot of these principles that are biblical are leading to crime reduction we know that child being excluded from school is 300 percent more likely to join a gang wow so by connecting with the schools by praying for our schools by mentoring or offering our services as listeners or mentors within schools or being chaplains or however many different things god's calling us to do uh, we are reducing crime. So actually people's lives are being changed because if that child doesn't get excluded, they're possibly not then going to join the gang and get involved in county lines and yeah. knives and, and all this kind of stuff. And knife crime is the same. It's a trend. It's a fashion that young people are carrying knives. So at one of my events in, I think it was Northamptonshire, this boy who's pastor's kid came up to me and he said, Deborah, I am the only child in my school who is not carrying a knife. That is absolutely terrifying. It is terrifying. And they're obviously not intending to use the knife. But of course, if it's there as either a fashion icon or a, 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 a protection piece, uh, you know, it's either fear or fashion, they, they're likely they may use that knife accidentally or or deliberately in an inflamed situation so there's these things going on in society and our society is totally changed from what it was when i was growing up yeah yeah yeah, you know there weren't things like people carrying knives it wasn't a thing there's all sorts of stuff going on and by being well connected prayerful obviously it starts with prayer working with others having our eyes wide open is god calling me to be a mentor is he god calling me to be um just a friend of the school or to start up a youth group 
Yeah, after school youth yeah. club because we know that children do antisocial behaviour because they're bored. Why are they bored? Because of all of our statutory youth services have been pulled mm. yeah, because, yeah. Of, because of austerity. And, you know, so we as Christians starting a little simple youth club after school, don't make it complicated, just have have a few maybe crafts or just sit and chat or have a, have a few computers if you can get hold of them and ask the businesses in your town to donate some computers because you want to do a youth club for your kids. It's incredible. We've seen crime fall by 45% when we start our rock cafes. Now, I'm going to pause you again. 45% reduction in crime? Yes. That well, is just mind-bogglingly brilliant. And, and that's, that's life-saving. It's encouraging. Isn't it's it? For life some people, they, uh, they're, they're not going to get involved in drugs, they're not going to get involved in crime, not that people won't be stabbed because they're yes. involved in the things that you're running. Yes. That's an encouragement for many people to, to look around and see what, what opportunities are there for our own communities. Now, could I ask, obviously, you're, you're based in Greater Manchester, but there'd be people listening all over the UK now. Where would you say they should go? Have you got a website they can go to look at your resources, gain your ideas? Yes. What should yes. people be doing? Yes, we'd love they... them to come to our website. So it's ROC, not R-O-C-K. It's ROC, which is short for Redeeming Our Communities, .uk.com. We just actually had a new website built. It's quite orange. So go and check it out. It's very, very bright, vibrant colours. And we've got our rock cafe, our mentors. We've got our rock conversations, gardens, projects. Absolutely easy. Some simple, easy ideas that people can implement. We've got things like 101 community ideas, which people can go on and get hold of stories, resources about prayer. I've written a couple of books, three or four books now, five books. Um, wow. Rock Your World, I've done I've done a mountain moving prayer, city changing prayer, the new the new resource for Spring Harvest, the Serve Workbook, Six Studies in Nehemiah. Go on there, get hold of those books. And I've done some prayer guides, which are rock prayer guides to go with mountain moving prayer book. They're only three pounds, People go on there, it's a bargain. Get them for your home group. Um, and what I would say to churches where they're thinking, where do we start? Start with prayer. Okay. That's, that's what we did. And that's what we still do. Everything's sort of surrounded by prayer. And they study this workbook together as a home group and it shows you how prayer leads to action. So those are some of the resources on our website. So prayer leading to action is, it sounds great to be founded and built upon prayer, which makes me think it'd be great if you'll be happy right now to pray for our listeners. I will. Thank you so much for this time, just chatting with Gordon. Thank you for the Ministry of Hope FM. And I pray for everyone listening today. May you receive hope through what I have shared. May you know that there is a call on your life too that um, something is burning within your heart, something that you've maybe had on your heart for a long time or it might just be coming to you right now as we're praying, that the people who really need us the most, whether that's young people, whether that's older people who are feeling lonely, whether that's um, kids who are in trouble through to praying for our schools, all those kinds of things, Lord, you you're giving people ideas. You're birthing vision right now. And I pray the um, resources would come to you just like they did for Nehemiah to, to rebuild that city that he was called to rebuild. 
And I pray, Lord, that people will uh, listening right now would know how to access those resources, how to find others who have a shared vision and how to begin to implement that vision. And we just pray in Jesus' name that you will rebuild our communities, Lord, in this um, throughout this pandemic, Lord, of everything that has been lost, of everything that has the thief has come to steal, kill and destroy, that you would come and bring your abundant life through each one of us as we are used by you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 In fact, I think that's one of the things that's great about what we're sharing is that absolutely everyone can be involved in transforming our communities. Even if you might be yes. at the moment, even if you can't go out at the moment, maybe there's some people who are shielding still at home because they are clinically vulnerable, but they can still be involved in praying and finding out what other people are doing and prayer supporting that and looking for opportunities just yes. to, to see what That's God right. wants to do in an area. So it's yeah. something that we I can... I mean, prayer is an activity. It is. It is it an is. action. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was, I, was, I, totally agree. I, was, I was wanting to highlight it so people wouldn't think that there was nothing that they could do because everyone can be involved yes. in this and, and, and prayer underpins it all. I think that's yes. something that from talking to you comes through so clearly that I think without prayer, none of this would have happened. No. So, which is amazing. Just remind us of the website address again. So it's roc.uk.com. roc.uk.com. Right, I'll make sure that gets onto our social media. Thank you. And well. I'll tweet in a little while. <laughs> Yeah. Amazing. You know what I should do before you go? I should ask, ask you, if you've got a story that you can share of a specific thing where there's been a change for someone? Well, my own son, and I've shared this at Spring Harvest, He, the irony is, me working with the police trying to reduce crime, when he was 17 years old, he, he was arrested. He'd, he'd, he'd walked away from God, he'd got in with the wrong crowd, he dropped out of school, started making wrong lifestyle choices and we were tearing our hair out, praying, you know, our socks off and police came and knocked at the door and they arrested him and locked him up for a weekend in Longsight Police Station in Manchester. And I was like, who do I ring? You know, I'm working with the police. This is like the devil coming saying, really, Deborah, do you think you're reducing crime? Now your own son's become part of the problem. Gosh. And um, my daughter and I got together to pray that what the Bible calls the prayer of agreement. And we started to go into warfare prayer um, that you're not having our son that he's got a purpose, he's got a call on his life, Satan, you're just going to bat right away in Jesus' name. And we started this warfare prayer. He's five miles away in Longsight Police Station. We didn't even know where he was. We're in our house in Sale praying. And my daughter's a worship leader, and she said, Mum, come on, let's sing, let's worship. And we know worship is warfare. And we're singing this song five miles away in the police station. Josh gets on his knees and says, Lord, if you, I've blown it. He said, if you give me another chance, I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life and tell other young people to follow you. Wow. The place was flooded with light, like it is in the Acts of the Apostles. And then when he got back home on the Monday, he said to me, Mum, thanks for coming to sing. And I'm like, I didn't come and sing. What are you talking about? And what the whole, I realised what had happened. The Holy Spirit had allowed him to hear our voices we're five miles away singing in voices that he could recognize to show him that god had answered his prayer isn't that lovely and he then um came back home 
started coming in to work with me and I was at my offices were at the Message Trust um, back then with Andy Hawthorne and um, they offered him a, they offered him an internship wow. and I said to Andy you've got to know our son's got a criminal record she said I'm going to give him a chance I really believe he's coming here and he started on this course with them called Genetic and he effectively then became one of their evangelists Gosh. And he now, 14 years later, is married to a lovely Christian girl. They're here called Emma. He's working in the 14s to 15, uh, 18s venue just behind us here at Spring Harvest. He's got three lovely children and he's an evangelist leading people to Jesus. Wow. Well, that's a story of redemption. And that hope, is a isn't story it? of redemption. And that, that's in my book, Mountain Moving Prayer, the whole story. I, that just blows me away because we can't be with our kids 24-7, but Jesus is. Wow, I'm going to make sure that I catch up with... It was Josh, was that right? Get Josh on yeah, this programme. Um, you will be... It's literally fire coming in your okay. in your little booth here. We Gorgeous. are looking forward to that. That would, be, that would be fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Deborah Green, for joining us today on Hope FM and sharing a little bit of your story. Thank and you, And I hope Gordon. that many listeners will Amen. pop along to your website, rock.uk.com. God bless you. Bye-bye. Take care. Today's Hope FM Drive Show is brought to you by Spring Harvest, bringing the whole church together to worship, learn and share. For the latest news and events, visit springharvest.org.